two of the great football minds of all time in the history of college football. They haven't named any trophies after them yet, but take my word for it, they were really, really good coaches back in the day. Uh, Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy joining us for Chalk Talk. Coach Johnson, good evening. How are you? Good evening. Bill, I heard your little telephone thing. I've got a great story to tell <laughs> about the cell phone guy who sold both me and Chuck an iPhone. <laughs> I do not have a flip phone. Got <laughs> What's your story? I don't want to take up too much time. Anyhow, I went to get a new iPhone when I was living in Debbie down in Georgetown. Got to chat with a guy, you know, in between or whatever. And he found out I was a coach. And he said, well, do you know Coach Chuck Reedy? I said, yeah, I know him pretty well. <laughs> I wasn't sure I should have told him that because I thought I was scared he was going to bring up some old stories or something. Uh-huh. Chuck and I actually bought our cell phones, our iPhones, from the same dude. Paul. That's amazing. <laughs> Paul, did you, did you get yeah. a two-for-one Did you get a two for one <laughs> deal or something, a discount or anything? Fifty no, Chuck. Chuck. Pulled the deal on him so bad, I think I got charged double. double <laughs> uh, Coach Reedy, how are you, sir? Doing great, Bill. Doing great. All right. Uh, so, Chuck, let's begin. Uh, you know, you got to give Clemson credit. Um, they, you know, underdogs kind of back to the wall. Uh, Dabo circled the wagons, challenged everybody he could challenge, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and they changed, you know, offensively, they, they went to the ground game and they sort of made the Klubnik an observer, uh, by and large, and it panned out for them. Well, I think what it proved is that if they don't beat themselves on offense, as good as their defense is, uh, they got a chance to win every game. And, and that's what they did. They didn't beat themselves offensively like they have in four other ball games. And, you know, the defense played lights out and, uh, and the kicking game really helped him as well. Uh, you know, the punter, uh, Swanson, I mean, he, he had a great fourth quarter, was, was uh, out of sight. But, you know, uh, yeah, they ran the ball, uh, you know, fairly well. But, you know, they still, they were less than 300 yards on total offense. They had a couple of drives. And when they had a chance to put the ball game away in the fourth quarter, I think they had the ball four or five times at midfield and ended up, you know, punting every time. And uh, all they needed was to get in field goal range to make it a two-score game, and couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So you know, hats off for winning the ball game. But you know, I I think it was more of them just not beating themselves than it was them doing anything on offense. Something for them to build on, in your opinion? Well, it's been nine games. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, what you said. If, if you know, if they can run the ball like they did against uh, against Notre Dame, you know, and take the pressure off of Klubnik. Um, you know, that's something that certainly they can, you know, build on going forward. Uh, Ellis, uh, Jeremiah Trotter had himself a ball game. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you probably know his dad, and he's having a great year. Uh, what do you like about him, and, and what do you look for in an outstanding linebacker? What are some of the traits you look for? But, but first, your thoughts on Trotter. I think the thing that jumps out the most about him is just his athleticism, his ability to play in space. Uh, The kid can really run. Uh, I I think sometimes they ask him to do some very difficult things. When you see some of these crossing routes coming open underneath or or receivers coming out of the backfield, I call them skin routes or 
you know, uh, flat routes coming out uh, underneath the linemen. And, and the linebackers sometimes pick those up with the percentage of man coverage they're playing. And, and he'll sometimes lose those guys visually. But to see some of the plays he makes on them out in the open field is, is, you know, he's unbelievable. I mean, if you look for a linebacker, you look for that. And then obviously they have to have some speed and, and, uh, and then physical length. And, and when you go to that level, power five level, and on to the NFL, everything's kind of spaced now. The old linebackers that weigh 235, 240, they can come downhill and blow up the fullback. You don't need them anymore. I mean, most of these guys could probably do it a little bit, but they end up getting hurt. But uh, that's not what the game is anymore. But he's, he's really a prototype of what I think linebackers need to be in the type of football that everybody's playing now. Clemson's defense – at this stage of the season, the level of their performance, how would you how would you grade uh, coming off that Notre Dame game? The level of their performance, I think they're playing really well, and I think sometimes they're having to maybe take a few too many chances because of the overall situation of their team. Uh, I've actually chatted with West a little bit off and on. But, uh, they play a lot of man coverage, and as a result, when a quarterback does escape the box, and even the kid from Notre Dame, who was former Wake Forest quarterback, he's not a bad athlete, but he's not a runner. And uh, he's probably got better speed than people think he does, but he's not a he's not a guy you worry about beating you with his speed. And he had a he's a thirty five yard run for a touchdown. And 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 the reason some of those happen occasionally is they're having to play a huge percentage of man coverage and bring a little bit of five and six man pressure. And and that, you know, just to just to try to get a big play and turn the ball game around. But, I mean, it was, it was obviously a really good game. You know, we keep forgetting this Notre Dame crowd. They might not look that good the other night, but, I mean, they they should have beaten Ohio State. Uh, if they don't get 10 men on the field mm. plays in a row down the score zone, the red zone, they may beat Ohio State. And then, of course, they went out to Southern Cal and dismantled them. Mm-hmm. A lot of other teams scored a lot of points, and they beat those guys 28 points. Uh, the only loss in the conference they have uh, – the ACC opponents is Louisville, and uh, you know they have to play a certain number of ACC schools. That that's the only one that lost, and Louisville's probably going to go to the playoffs now. I mean, it's been quietly number two in the conference. If they can win the ACC championship game, they might be able to. to I don't know if they can get in. You think you think Louisville, Chuck, can no, Louisville make the playoffs, playoffs if they win the if they win the ACC championship? No, no, I, I mean they're no. I'm talking about the ACC. Oh, style. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Gotcha, so, gotcha. You know, There's still a little bit of ways to go. Yeah. But if they can hang on, I mean, they're going to play Florida State for the championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chuck to the Gamecocks. A uh, little bit maybe too close for comfort, but a win nonetheless. They broke a four-game losing streak. Uh, they win when maybe they didn't have their, their best uh, all-around game in their various areas. Rattler was excellent. Leggett was superb. Uh, Simon came up, had some uh, big catches for him. Um, one big run from Anderson, but uh, how, how should South Carolina feel coming off that win? But other than the fact that they got a win and they broke the losing streak. Well, I mean, we're nine nine games in, and I mean, you know, really, as I said last week, not not much has changed since the first ball game. I mean, they still can't run the ball very well, and they have a hard time protecting the quarterback. They've got, I mean, uh, obviously Rattler is playing really well. I mean, he's he's a really good player. 
Leggett is a big time player. I mean, you know, this guy, I mean, he, I don't, I mean, he must've really worked in the off season because he's built himself into, you know, a, an excellent player. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously it's a win, uh, and, and, and it very easily could not have been a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were staring at getting beat by Jacksonville state and, and, you know, you get to pick six, you know, and so they come out of it with a 10 point win. But, and so in that regard, the the fact that it, it was a win when it could have very easily been a loss, it would have been a devastating loss. Um, you know, you, you, you have to feel good about that, but as to where they are as a football team, you know, they've still got a long way to go. Ellis, the ongoing problem for South Carolina defense getting off the field on third down, that was a problem against Jacksonville state again, uh, what's the what's the issue there uh, as you look at it? Why are they having such a difficult time? Well, Clayton White said today part of their problem is they got teams in second and long, and they're giving up too much on second down, putting them in a situation where it's third and short, and then teams are converting. So, I mean, what do you do? Well, I think it's been something different all year long, and it may have happened that way, what he's talking about on this game, but, I mean, they were a little better this game than they have been recently. I mean, almost 50%, getting close to under 50%, which is not great, but it was a little better. Uh, the problem this this game is it went back to the rushing game. You know, they were really good at, at uh, passing the secondary and all that good stuff early on, but they couldn't stop the run. Then it kind of switched in the middle of the year. They started having a problem with it, the other issues. Mississippi State came in and ran the ball on and And all of a sudden now, they're giving up to be rushing yards. And some of that's because of Jacksonville State. They're not a good throwing team. But a little bit of what Chuck alluded to, I mean, Jacksonville State is moving the ball by the left, 10, 11 snaps over 50 yards, and they get down to red zone, and all they need is three points to tie the ball game. Mm-hmm. I think the kicker's decent. He made some field goal. And, and uh, they throw the ball on second down and throw a pick. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it, it, if you throw one on third or fourth down when it's a desperation situation, you might understand it. But they threw the ball on second and 12 down there in the red zone, and it, it was a ball game. Yeah. So, uh, defensively, they're still struggling. I mean, we all know that. I think most of it is they just don't have a lot of great players. And they've had some, some really uh, critical injuries in the wrong spots. Depth is not good. Fatigue sets in, and you know they played a pretty good ball game toward the end of the game uh, yesterday. I mean Saturday, but it just you know it's just average football, and I don't think it's anything particular I could analyze. I just think one thing they did this game, they stopped the run just enough at some critical time to force Jacksonville to have to throw a few passes, and they got the picks at the end of the game, and uh, that that's about it. I mean, they just made a couple of stops when it was so critical. Well, when they did fall behind with about 20 minutes to go, they did shut out Jacksonville State the rest of the way, so you got to give the, the defense some credit there. Yep. Chuck, uh, so you got South Carolina now, um, and they're four and – no, they're they're three and six with three to go. Van, and, I, you know, these two weeks, Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt, those should be get-right weeks for them. So I mean they should be four and six after Saturday, um, and then you got Kentucky, which is going to be coming off Alabama, 
no telling what kind of shape they're going to be in. And then you got Clemson. Um, I mean, you think they can win out and get to six and six and, and get to a bowl game? Uh, is that is that feasible for this team? No, I think it's going to be very difficult. Um, you know, I, I think Kentucky, you know, certainly is a winnable game. Um, you know, but Clemson, I mean, unless Clemson just, you know, unless they come down and self-destruct, you know, like they have been known to do, mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be, you know, very difficult for South Carolina to beat Clemson. Um, you know, not to say it can't happen, but, you know, I think they got a tough road. Um, you know, the, the, the last two games are going to be, even though they're at home, are going to be tough ball games. Uh, Ellis, what about uh, Clemson? Of course, they're not bowl eligible yet. Uh, they're sitting on five wins. Uh, they can become bowl eligible. It's funny we're talking about Clemson. We haven't talked about Clemson in this light in like 13 years, I think, where you're worried about getting that sixth win. Uh, but that's where they are. They are where they are. Uh, what do you think down the stretch here they can do, and, and what can Dabo make of this season moving forward, in your opinion? Well, I, I think they, you know, this, the bowl game is the one thing that carrot they can hang out there and work for. I mean, they haven't been in this situation very much. I thought what they did against Notre Dame shows that he's definitely still got control of the locker room. And uh, so they, you know, and George Tech's a better football team this year. Mm-hmm. I think they got a quarterback from Texas A&M. I don't know where he transferred from. But uh, you you can t- pick up on the portal. I can't keep up with it. But uh, they're concerned about his athleticism, how he can beat you with his feet. Uh, they've had some issues with that, you know, having to pressure man, as I said before. they got good running backs. they two pretty good wide outs out on the edges. I mean, it's going to be a, a tougher game than they probably thought it would you know, coming into the season. And, and then, you know, after that, they still like the truck. They've just got to play better football, quit turning the football over. Uh, you know, they they should be undefeated right now. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but they should be undefeated right now. They just beat a football team that's probably better than everybody else on their schedule other than Florida State. And they had Florida State on the ropes and screwed it up. So they know it's been a, you know, it's been suicide by a thousand cuts, and they just got to finish. Uh, they, they're relatively healthy right now, and they've been pretty lucky with that, I guess, through the season. But they got three tough ones. Georgia Tech's better than people think they are. North Carolina's a good football team, a lot of talent. And it's always hard for them to beat Carolina at Williams Price. So, you know, they don't need what, they need one more to go to their bowls. Yeah, but let me say this. Let me say this. I mean, they started fumbling the football from the get go, from the Duke game. And Absolutely. now it is, now they're nine games in, and they're still playing loosey-goosey with the football. It almost cost them against Notre Dame. I mean, absolutely. Can't you fix I mean, how do you how do you, can't you fix that during a season or is it not fixable? Well, I mean, you can improve and you can work on it and uh, you know, Chuck said it the other day. You make it a priority. You either take care of the football or you don't get the football. And sometimes you you know, you you start looking at what people do with yardage and everything else, and you think they're a great player, and they're not taking care of the football, and it's killing the football team. And it's not the same guy every time. So, But, again, I think I said last week, they, they've not penalized very much. They're a very disciplined football team, mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit. So I go back. I don't think it's coaching. I know for a fact they do ball security drills two days a week. Anytime I get shoulder pads or more on, they do some physical ball control drills ball security drills and it, but they get in the game and I don't I think sometimes I just have to say it, it's particular players 
uh, you know, don't secure the football in critical time. The one the other day with Moffa, he doesn't need those extra yards in that situation. They're up by eight. He's up in the box. He's getting contact. Just, you know, get what you can, but you don't want to be struggling and have people tugging on your arms all over the place. Uh, it just It's just not smart football. And one of the plays, they put it on the ground, they were lucky enough to get back. I've seen it run by a lot of people. But it's not a play you run when you have some ball security problems. We'll fake zone, inside zone, and they go through the quick pitch outside. They put it on the ground. Don't Why are you running that play right there? You don't need that play. I mean, just run the ball up in the box and take care of it. Mm-hmm. Coaches Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy with us here on Sports Talk. And, guys, uh, just switching notes here a bit or switching course a bit, this is more of a national story, but Michigan. What's been going on up there, the sign-stealing scandal, we keep having more and more news coming out. Today, Greg Doyle of the Indy Star has announced publicly for some reason that he's not going to be giving his Heisman vote to Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. And in his words, he is saying this, that he thinks that somebody has to pay the price, and this is the only punishment he can do. So he's enacting this punishment on Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. Michigan has re- received word of potential findings coming down from the Big Ten allegations it sounds almost like they are going to be issuing some kind of punishment soon. From a coaching perspective, if you guys are able or willing to talk about it, just want to know your thoughts, again, from a coaching perspective on this whole scandal. Chuck. I think it's a bunch of oh, Ellis. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, please go ahead. You're, you're, you jumped offside. You're, you, were in the, you were in the neutral zone. You were in the neutral zone, but go ahead. I was the last talking in when he asked. I thought he was talking. I'm sorry, but hey, I just want to remind all y'all: the very first show, Phil, you asked us for our our project, projected four man playoff team, mm-hmm. and I led off with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan was my first one. Well, since I said Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, <laughs> uh, I I think it's all a bunch of bull crap. And they're finding out now that other teams in the conference were, you know, helping each other with signals and stuff. But the one thing is some guy goes on the road and buys tickets and goes to other people's games and uses cell phones or some kind of thing to film it, and, and that's crossing the line. Give him a, a $2 million fine, and let's move on. And whoever a Heisman voter is says he's going to penalize a kid on the team for that. Yeah, yeah. They ought to take his vote away, okay? Yeah. Take his vote away. You know, that's just – that's called cl- – you, you probably don't, don't know this word. He don't work for the NCAA. You, you probably don't know this word, but it's called clickbait. Okay, it's called clickbait. That's where somebody puts something out on social well, I got media. The word for it, but I can't say it. I want to run <laughs> His exact quote, Coach, was quote: "This is not J.J. McCarthy's fault, but thanks to the Michigan coaching staff, he will pay the price, at least on my ballot. Because unlike Jim Harbaugh, I plan to sleep tonight with a clear conscience." Mm. Chuck, what do you think? Uh, well. I think Ellis nailed it all pretty good, but um, first, yeah, that's absurd. The the writer, that I mean, that's ridiculous. But um, you know, I, I can't, I just can't imagine. I mean, they've got you know they got a great program. I mean, they they've had two really good years. Beat Ohio State. They got everything going their way. Why in in the world would you jeopardize all that? Um, you know, I, I just can't. I can't believe that that, that Harbaugh would, could have been involved. Uh, I mean, I just uh, it makes no sense, um, you know. And hopefully, you know, it'll all come out. 
but um, you know, I, again, I mean, hope you know, we don't be jumping to conclusions until we know exactly what happened. Well, I mean, their defense seems to be, "Hey, everybody was doing it, and so just don't single us out." Uh, they're they're saying, in, as part of their defense, now they're not saying that other people had a little scheme going where they had a staffer going and scouting games in person, but what they're saying is other staffs that they played would then tell staffs of future opponents, give them their signals whenever they had learned in preparing for Michigan. You know, they were sharing that information. They see that in the same light as what they're being accused of. But, Chuck, isn't that pretty routine of, of staffs sharing information about future opponents? Or are we wrong there? No, you do share. I mean, obviously, you know, it depends on – you don't share it with people that that you're, that you're playing. I mean, you know, there's, you you don't share everything, but you know, uh, I, people are always trying to to steal signals. I mean, you know, I, I can remember where I mean, we we've had guys when when I was at Clemson, we had guys in the box that that's what they were doing. One thing they were watching the the offense coordinator, you know, mm-hmm. watching him do his signals. And, and, you know, and I can remember during games when I can remember them saying, we've got them, man. We know exactly. We know when they're going to throw. We know what, you know, they, I mean, you know, whether we did or not, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, that's gone on forever. Yeah. And, you know, now this is taking it to an extreme if, if indeed it's true. But, you know, sure, everybody's, you know, you're trying to get the signals. If you can get them, you're going to get them. Let me ask you both this, uh, Chuck Reedy, Ellis Johnson. We could do this all night. Uh, you guys got about three or four more hours. We'll just keep doing this until – No, I, I know you go to bed early. Both of you go to bed early. You say that every, every week you say that, and then you cut us off at 29 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> do you think – you'd have to pay us. You know? <laughs> do, do you – both of you, do you think if, if, um, if Alabama wins out uh, and, and beats Georgia, are they getting in the the playoff? They're in. Yes, they're in. Yeah. So you'll have uh, – and Georgia goes undefeated but loses to Alabama. Both of them get in? I don't know. Now, that depends on how many other undefeated teams there are. Yeah. But I've been – he's talking about a through If Washington and Florida State and, and uh, Michigan or Ohio State, they're all undefeated. And Georgia and Alabama sitting at one loss each. I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting. I guess it depends on who's in the room. <laughs> it depends on who's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I room. think Ellis is right. If, if we're three undefeated and and yeah. and one, you know, the winner of that game will get in, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I don't think they're going to, you know, they're going to take a one-loss Georgia in that scenario over an undefeated conference champion. Mm-hmm. That will create a. Uh, a brouhaha for sure uh, in the in the world of college football, conversation-wise. Guys, as always, we appreciate it. We will let you go uh, bed down for the night. Uh, Chuck, thank you. Uh, Ellis, take your Geritol, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Lunch is coming. I've tried a couple of times. You're hard to hard man to pin down. Keep going. we got 30 more seconds. <laughs> no, we're done. Thanks, guys. We've only got 10 more seconds. Thank you, fellas. Have a great night. We'll be back. Sports Talk. Got a special guest coming up. More as special as these guys. Be right back.